Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 AM ESPN Radio, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, the weather's a little better this Friday. It's better than it was two days ago, but I got a little warm yesterday. Yeah, you, could, you were able to keep warm in, while you were snowed in, right? I was able to keep warm, and I was able to keep warm thanks to our uh, friendly neighborhood Patriots player, Matt Light. In which if, you praise the Patriots. Go ahead. Yes. Well, if you... <laughs> Well, if you remember, we made him a bet. Yes. And the bet was if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, he sends me a bottle of his fancy new vodka. So you got a tasty drink? So I got I got a tasty drink, and it is good. Did you chill it in the snow? I did I did chill it. In fact, I put a, a picture of it sitting in the snow in my backyard. Well, uh, we'll have to thank him for that, and also yes. uh, shout out to his foundation that's doing all the great work. See, so another good reason that the, the Eagles won. That's right. Uh, got, and, and got Jeff some vodka. And guess what? What? Apparently, football season's not over yet. Seriously? Okay, yeah. first of all, I'm going to give out the phone number if anybody wants to join us, 888-728-9941. Look, I love football as much as the next person. Mm -hmm. I thought like we were kind of moving into other stuff. Howie Roseman just says no, no. Yeah, apparently he decided no vacation after the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's not done. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he did, Maybe he didn't want to go away. I, I'm not sure, but he's been busy. Today, another move? Can, uh, you, can you remember... Uh, general manager this quickly after a championship jumping on this much change well you're asking me the wrong thing if i can remember because i'm sure well that's right you probably can't I'm, remember any championships I'm, other than the phillies yeah i'm sure that it right? happened yeah. for like some other teams but no but not I, even locally i just can't remember a general manager jumping on this many well, changes it's just in general the way that he turns over the roster right i mean he 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 likes to to make moves and and often not just for the sake of saying that you made a move. Today he traded Torrey Smith to the Panthers for 23-year-old uh, cornerback Daryl Worley. Mm -hmm. Clears up some cap space. I'm Four surprised. Four and a half million bucks. I'm surprised. I thought he would be cut. I didn't think he'd be on the roster for the bonus. I'm surprised they got anything for him. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I wasn't impressed by Daryl Worley last year. But, he, but he's a young player. He'll be in his third year. He's 23 years old. And and his cap space is I think it's like six hundred thousand dollars, which so, is important when you're the Eagles and you're trying to get under the cap. Well, right and, and let, let's face it, the Eagles won the Super Bowl because of their offense. The defense, as good as it was all season, was putrid in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, they gave up the most yards ever. They did kind of play a so, team, the team that was <laughs> semi-professional, you know. So I mean, it does happen. You I, run, I, I mean, they, they made the, the plays when they needed to make the plays. Yes. They played well all season, but there were clearly holes here. So, yes, you have Sidney Jones. Hopefully, he's going to be healthy and he's going to be ready to play come fall ball. I wonder if but, this but means the they trade another one of their cornerbacks or defensive backs to try and get a draft pick. I mean, they still don't have a third. They still don't have a second. Uh, who knows what they're going to do with Foles? Which which one of their defensive backs is going to get them? Is going to bring back a second or third round pick? I'm not saying that that they will alone, but do you yeah. package some players together? I I don't know. I, don't I mean, look, it. I didn't I didn't anticipate seeing how he sent Marcus Johnson, who barely made it on the field for the Eagles this year, and a fifth round pick to Seattle for Michael Bennett in the seventh. Yeah, you know, I saw a couple of reporters who, who tweeted that that trade, and all you saw afterwards was who? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean. Look, the Eagles play a rotation. Michael Bennett played 931 snaps last season. Yeah. No Eagles defensive end played more than 663. So that's going to help him in terms of staying fresh. He mm -hmm. is he is a, an elite pass rusher from the inside, yeah. which you don't often see. 
Um, he basically wears shoulder pads the size of what I would wear. <laughs> he wears like no shoulder pads. It's just he's just a regular dude out there playing. But you know, if you look further into it, think about this: the Eagles traded a seventh and Matt Tobin mm-hmm. to Seattle, Ooh. the offensive lineman to <laughs> to Seattle for a fifth. Yeah. Then Seattle traded the seventh and and Michael Bennett for a fifth right. and Marcus Johnson. So the Eagles basically traded Matt Tobin and Marcus Johnson for Michael I, Bennett. I love when you do these little math equations. You do, right? <laughs> Does this mean that Vinnie Curry's gone, though? I think they will let him test the market. I think he's going to have to t- take less money if he wants to stay. Even so if th- he does take less money, do they have it at that position now? Look, you can you can never have enough defensive linemen. Never. I mean, that that is the key to a defense these days, is having enough guys to be able to rotate them in and keep them fresh and keep the pressure on the offensive line. Because the offensive linemen don't come out. Well, they're in there for four downs. Depending so. on what happens with that, you now have Michael Bennett and Fletcher Cox on the inside on third mm-hmm. down with Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham on the outside with Cl- Chris Long and Tim Jernigan as your Brandon, backup. Brandon Graham is going to have 15-plus sacks this year. I I would Uh, love to see that. With that much pressure on the inside, you can't help out on the outside. And I think that's where Howie Roseman's brilliance on this move is going to be. Here's the question. Do the Eagles now go after Richard Sherman? I don't know about that. Why not? Because I don't know what his cap number is going to be. I don't know what player. I mean, they have it. I think it depends if they make a move for somebody, if they trade somebody out of the secondary. Who who who's your starting your starting quarterback cornerbacks? Well, you got Darby, right. you got Mills, you got Sidney Jones. Mm-hmm. They're kind of in a rotation. Okay, you, um, you got let, Sherman coming off an injury and Worley, and, and Worley now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Worley's going to be considered a starter though. Um, and and then you also had Jeremy Lane cut from. The Seahawks, so okay. he's out there as well. If yes, you're looking but, for, but but as far as I'm concerned, the only the only real potential star starter is Sidney Jones if he comes back healthy, uh, which is a big if. And I'm gonna I'm gonna so ask why this question. Would you not, not take Richard Sherman. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question not knowing the answer. Mm-hmm. Is Richard Sherman what Richard Sherman was when he comes back? Well, Richard Sherman himself tweeted today a a uh, statistic sheet that showed the the amount of shutdown corners there's a whole bunch of statistics and he was on the top or still and because i know how much you love statistics yes <laughs> <laughs> but 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 i look i i don't like some of the things he says but you cannot question how hard he plays and how well he has played for a consistently long period of time look trader howie has gotten both jay Ajay and michael bennett for a combined fourth round fifth round and undrafted free agent wide receiver mm-hmm that's not too bad. I think he's done pretty good. The question is, is he going to go on vacation now? Uh, it doesn't look like it. I mean, he's going to have to make more moves. Do you think Foles gets moved? No. Why would you move him? Think of, You're not sure that Carson Wentz is going to be ready to play come game one of the regular season. So you have a guy who just won a Super Bowl. I don't care if it gets you. He's not, you're not going to get multiple first-round picks for him. Nick Foles so fits he's into your this one-year insurance policy because you're not renewing, you're not extending his contract after that. He's going to go and try and get a contract. He might, or I mean, he has other career goals, and and I think he he means it. So uh, I think he feels comfortable with this group of people. I think he fits into this system, and I think he's the he is the best insurance policy you could possibly have. There is nothing that you're going to get that is worth giving up that insurance policy. Uh 
Trey Burton. He's gonna be gone. Yes. He's gonna he's gonna get some money from from some people. But Brent Selleck wants to come wants to keep playing. Do you mm-hmm. bring him back? Yes. He's got about four million dollar. Yeah, he's gonna. Cap th- hit. He's not gonna. No, he's not gonna be four million bucks. How about Jason Peters? You bring him back. Why would you not bring him back? It's purely any of these decisions are gonna be made financially. They ha- the, look. It, they have. Pl- I think they have plenty of cap room, and I think the cap's going up this year, isn't it? It is. They're a little over it right now. They'll have yeah. to be able to sign players. They're going to have to make some moves. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, are they still over it after getting rid of Torrey Smith? Yes. They were $10 million over. This will put them at like six. And I think they've made a few other cuts. But they're still a little bit over the cap. Uh, if Jason Peters wants to come back, Jason Peters comes back. So I wonder if Cap Talk put people to sleep. Do you I, think? I was starting this news. All right. Well, I don't want to. After, bo- after your math. Look, <laughs> your, your trade man. You know what? I can't add. So don't make fun of me. Um, those who can't don't. So yes. I won't. Uh-huh. Um, what do you think of the Rams basically remaking their whole? I don't get it. Defensive I, re- I, I really don't get it. The, the strength of the Rams has been the defense the last few years. So now they've getting they've gotten rid of Ogletree, who was the captain of their defense. I believe he was the middle linebacker. They've gotten rid of a couple defensive backs, and then they brought in a keep to leave in Marcus Peters. Now, Marcus Peters, I think, is a good move. It's a dynamic backfield, but it's an explosive personality backfield. Yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take to especially at this point in his career. He's on the downside of his career. And according to tweets this afternoon, Jarvis Landry, who was franchised in Miami, is now headed to Cleveland for two picks. Well, I guess that answers the question. If you're playing for Miami, what could be worse? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's really not right. <laughs> That, that's just, I have nothing against the town. The team has won one game in two years. I just think it's funny that there have been one. Like six trades in the period where there isn't supposed to be any trades. But then they, this is the funny time that like, like they're going to agree to a trade and then they can trade like three weeks from now. Right. I just I don't understand that. It's the dead period. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this weather has me thinking more Phillies, Jeff. Yeah. Don't, don't you just keep watching. Have you watched any of the spring training games? I have. Um, and, and, I feel warmer watching them. It uh, does. It just, it, it's so not like last, I think it was last Sunday. We just parked ourselves in front of the television and watched spring training baseball. And it didn't matter. It, it just did not matter who won, nothing. It was just nice to watch it and the sound of baseball and the whole You're, you're a baseball guy. Yeah. Like uh, you like are the a buzz of that sound, the, of, of the, just the rumbling in the background, the, the, the announcers, everything you about like, it. You like the vendors yelling and yes. like the whole uh-huh. ambiance of a baseball game. That that gives you that nostalgic feeling, doesn't oh, it? Oh yeah, look, we we had we've had Phillies season tickets for years, and, and we sit on the first base side most of the time. And uh, there's a guy who has a parrot on his shoulder all the time. Is that you? And he also does the Flyers and Sixers games. Is that you? No, it's not me. I'm checking. But but even every time you see him, you just get a smile on your face because he's got a parrot on. Yes. Well, and you, you love the minor leagues as much as you love the majors, it seems. I mean, you enjoy watching that player development and having that experience with your son. It's it's also it's a much more intimate experience because it's a smaller ballpark. So every seat in the place is like sitting in the lower level of Citizens Bank Park. So you get to see these guys up close. You get to see what's going on. You, you could see the pitches that are coming, and you, you see a lot more of the game than if you're sitting in the 300 or 400 level of a stadium. Well, you're going to be able to see the games on social media a little bit this year. You texted me, uh, Phillies-Mets will be the first game of the four major U.S. sports to be broadcast solely on social media. On Facebook. 
And so the funny thing was, you said to me, I wonder if they can handle the traffic. And my response was, it depends on the team. They won't have any problems with the Marlins. <laughs> you know, it really depends, you know, what the fan base is in terms of who's watching. But I think it's great. It it lends credence to people are more mobile now and you need to serve content where they are. They have social media. They have streaming video on their cell phone, on their tablet, on their laptop, when they're not home. So the family that can't sit at home on Sunday like yours did mm-hmm. can be out seeing a stream of the game. Now, it doesn't mean that they're being very social. Who's got a battery in their phone that lasts that long? Plug it in. <laughs> I, 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 there's only so much you could watch on your little tiny screen. all the things that I just said, yeah. you said, how's the battery going to last long? Like That was not really analysis of the impact. Like You're, you're reaching a changing audience and demographic. <clears throat> Look, as, as I get older, and you keep telling me I make get-off-my-lawn comments, um, this is just another one. It, look, I, I agree with you. I think that people are more mobile. That's wonderful, and this will reach people. And, and But people, just get away from your phone every once in a while. But how many people have enough time to sit down and watch a whole baseball game these days? I, mean, like, I have a one-year-old yeah. running around. I, I'm lucky if I get through one inning without being distracted. So... Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it speaks to the changing mindset and the the amount of attention span that people have and the amount of options that are there. This provides another avenue for people to get that information. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just I just think that at some point I like to see people get away from their phones. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, well, I'm the parent of a teenager. So. <laughs> um, this, the Phillies seem about as patient as you are in terms of waiting out pitching prospects. Yeah. Uh, do we think Why? that... Arietta, Lynn, still nothing. Does that surprise you? No. Uh-uh. We're Not like three weeks from these teams coming north and starting the season. Arietta doesn't need much time. If you don't think that he's sitting, that he's at a facility working out, getting himself in shape with professional catchers, he's fine. Same with a lot of these guys. These guys are professionals. For pitchers, I don't think it's, it's a big problem. It's a bigger problem, I think, for hitters because hitters need to see live pitching. It is also clear, aside from the music at camp, that things are a little bit different under this coach. Uh, you have that's, play, an, that's an understatement. You have player plan meetings mm-hmm. where they sit and they break down analytics of their strengths and weaknesses. Teams experimenting with position players. Tommy Joseph's been at third. Cesar Hernandez, Roman Quinn at set, at shortstop. They've moved positions. Well, Caesar within, did that last year. They've moved positions during innings. They've switched outfield positions. Uh, They've experimented with the lineup. What are your thoughts on some of the the new ideas that Kapler seems to be bringing into camp? I pause. because I sigh, Because you're a traditionalist. I am. And and so what I'm worried about is is that we're getting so hyper-technical with with putting people at positions where they don't belong and then trying to keep them out of the action. So putting a guy, if you're putting a guy in left field, he should be able to play left field. You shouldn't have to keep moving him around as if it's a pitcher in the 16th inning that you have to keep moving to keep the ball away from him. You, you made it to the major leagues. you got to be able to play some position and play it well. So, And I think it's going to add time to the games. Having all these guys positioned, the whole idea is to make the game shorter and they're doing all the other stuff that we're going to discuss. But in the meantime, positional changes take time. Is there anything you like? Baseball. <laughs> football. 
hockey, basketball. <laughs> so you definitely Lacrosse. didn't like it when they put a senior qualitative analyst in a team uniform on the bench, did you? No, it doesn't bother me. But I'll tell you, all these got all this analytics stuff and what you were just talking about. Uh, I could tell you, Tony Gwynn was doing all this stuff before by himself. So it it is good that that most teams and the Phillies in particular are doing all of these things now because it does gives you give you an edge at a minimum if everybody else is doing it at least keeps you on par with them so you need to do these things and it does make them better what I just worry about the specialization of of baseball what is your longer term concern with it though if it makes the players perform better at at their their optimal ability is that not a good thing? I mean, it seems like they're 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 looking at everything and they're saying, "We've always done it this way. What if we try it this way?" Uh, look, I'm not I'm not opposed to trying different things. I just don't like the fact that you're you're not you're not at your optimum if you can't play a position and still hit. That's what the American League's for. In the National League, and quite frankly, in any league, you should be able to play the whole game. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to be moved because people are afraid the ball's going to come to you. This is not six-year-old baseball You're where you're really going to hate the shifts that they're going to put on that arm, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like shifts. You are going to no. hate it. They're, they're going to have the left fielder basically standing you know, over the, with the right <laughs> fielder holding hands. And I can tell you that, that the thing that bothers me most in a baseball game is the shift. It just bothers me. It, play a position. I think that they should be limited to certain areas that they have to stay in because otherwise all you're doing is pull hitters they just did, look what they did to Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard was a great hitter. I hated that shift and yeah, I see? hated his inability to adjust to it. Well, but but since the beginning of baseball there's been pull hitters. It's just that thanks to I believe Tony La Russa, I like to blame him for everything the bad that, that happens in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> but but they started this shift. And and yes, they don't hit it to that side of the field. It's not that easy when you come up your whole life pulling the ball because you you're you can get your bat around that quickly. So, what would your ideal baseball game be then at this point? If if Jeff Cohn was the Phillies win the World Commissioner Series. of Baseball, yeah, you'd get rid of the shift. You'd, you'd change all these these like you'd get rid of the analytics and go back. No, to... I did No, no, no. I'd never say get rid of the analytics. I said get rid of the specialization. Okay. Yeah. What else? That's a big difference. What else would you do? I probably this is gonna you're gonna be surprised at this because I'm a traditionalist. I would go to seven innings. I think that shortens the game up, and I think it I preserves so the pitchers. I am so confused. You like everything old school about yes. the game, and yet you want to change the length of the game? Yes, because everybody is constantly whining that they don't have three hours to watch a baseball game. So if you want to shorten it up, it actually helps with the player's health and helps with shortening the game. I don't like all these goofy ideas about when you get to the last inning, putting up whoever you feel like it instead. I was going to ask you about that. The MLB rule change potentially dumb, that, dumb, dumb. that uh, allow any team to make anyone available to hit in the ninth inning. Yeah. Hey Brett, you want to hit that button because I'm going to say something. <laughs> yeah, is that, get ready is for there, the dump is there a button. dump button for Jeff's response to that? 
This Brett, Brett, we don't mean to scare you back there or anything, <laughs> but Jeff is uh, not a fan. He of, does of look this nervous all of a sudden, suggestion. doesn't he? I am. Yeah. I'll just go beep. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I think that is one of the most ridiculous beep. things. So, so you're gonna have a lineup the whole game, and then you're gonna get to the let's say in the eighth inning, the the final batter is Reese Hoskins. He makes an out. Ninth inning, tie score. Hey Reese, you're up first. Under and your then, plans, they could do it in the seventh inning. No, I don't. I think it's ridiculous. It, it, that's part of the strategy of the game is is where you are in the lineup. Speaking of strategy of the game, yeah. only six mound visits per game, including catchers and coaches. No, it's not. Okay, you want you don't you don't have your little law your uh, law lawyer button right now. But let me tell you, as a lawyer, that it's the dumbest rule you could have because it's got no penalty. So after the six mound visits, what happens if? If Gabe goes out for a seventh visit, tell me what happens. I don't know. I'm not the commissioner. I'm not. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing happens. So why even have the rule then? I thought they were going to go with the play clock. They have that in the minors. Well, they now now they're saying they're not going to go with the play clock. But I thought they were going to go with the pitch clock in order to. They have it in the the majors. They They have have it in the minors. Yeah, but they have it in the majors too, and so it's it's aspirational. They just don't enforce it. Well, that's it. It's aspirational. So it's it's a it's a rule without any ruling. Nothing can happen except the umpires start getting agitated, and then the relations between the players and the umpires go bad. It's it's not a rule. If Why you're can't have I rule, just watch sports without it being this difficult? I, I, the overcomplication of something be, that should be so simple annoys me. It's because of exactly what you were saying before with social media and your options. And oh, with don't time. go blaming social media. Oh, yeah. And now you're the, now you're crabby and no, getting no, off no. my lawn. The, the pro the problem with this is is because everybody thinks that everything needs to be shorter and they need to rush. And the, that's social media's fault. That's partly social. The, the addiction, That's the, adi- the addiction of social media. You don't want me getting into that right now. The average but, soundbite was seven seconds long before there was Twitter for 140 characters. Fine. People just don't have the attention span anymore to do these things. Why? That's why you have why don't a they TV have the show attention that there's a resolution in 30 minutes because they don't want to watch longer all the time. Well, hey, wait a second. I have to go six months between Walking Dead episodes to find out who died. So, so <laughs> there are still things. That you have to, that you have to do, but th- this is the problem. Everybody wants immediacy. Yes. Uh, okay. Then there for those people, they can go watch sports that are an hour. For us baseball people, why can't we just be left alone so we can watch baseball? And if we want to watch it for three hours, let's watch. So it you're for three a NIMBY hours. guy. Change it for everybody else, but leave my stuff the way it is, not in my backyard. No, I ju- I just think that different. There's a reason they're different. So if if you can't handle the attention span of a three-hour game, show up in the third inning. I can inning. hardly handle the attention span of talking to you for an hour. That's going to be <laughs> oh. it while we take a break. When we come back, we'll keep talking with Jeff about all different sports, and we'll bring on Elton Brand, general manager of the 87ers. Stick with us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey. Those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-337. 
888-382-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Imagine the 50 million Americans who are hungry right now. Imagine that 17 million of them are children. Now imagine how you can help. Since 1975, Hungerthon and Why Hunger have counted on you to help feed those in need. Right now, you can make a $10 donation to a hungry child by texting the word IMAGINE to 50555. Or find other ways to help at Hungerthon.org. Imagine there's no hunger. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports. I'm going to keep trying to pay attention to Jeff a little bit and focus here. You know what's you know good? Those, com- those commercials are nice and short so people's attention can be kept on, on the show. It bothers you so much that people can't pay attention longer. <laughs> it's not like they're all stuck in traffic in the car and have no in place to go. In the old days, we could pay attention. It, it, okay, so I'll ask yeah. you, though. Like, are you a guy that watches commercials? Yes. Uh, see, I have... Uh, well, wait. What What is watching commercials? Paying attention to them or not changing my the channel? Wife, laughs if i had my way i would never see a commercial i would flip around to different channels with things on and never see a commercial without missing a play well i have another reason that i don't change the channel so much which is i forget what i was watching in the first place (laughs) get off my lawn (laughs) so so you know we talked about all these rule changes and stuff can we just talk for a couple minutes about the phillies because i think some good things are happening down there Okay, I'm going to let you get to the good things, but yeah. I'm going to ask you the question that's going to bother so a you're lot. you're not going to let me get this. No, I'm going to, but I'm going to ask you the question that's going to bother a lot of Phillies fans to start. Uh-oh. People want Scott Kingery on this team. That was where I was going. He's not coming north. He'll, he'll be here sooner rather than later. But he's not going to start the season on the team. And it makes okay. total sense yeah. why not. But tell the listeners why Scott Kingery is not going to be on the opening day roster. Well, well, first of all, let's just start with the good news. Scott Kingery's been up 20 times already, and it's only March 9th. He has a 350 batting average, three home runs, so he's leading the team in home runs, four RBIs. He steals bases, and he's got a 1.259 OPS. Okay, He's played flawlessly at shortstop, second base, and outfield. They had him in center field the other day. Is there a so, butt coming? The butt is he's played very little at AAA, which is where you learn how to hit off-speed pitches. So keeping him down there or putting him down there to start the season, and he's okay with it, at least he says he is, why would you not start him there and then get him a little seasoning there and bring him up? Now, if they didn't have a second baseman, it would be one thing. But you have an all-star caliber second baseman right now who is a leadoff hitter. But is that why they're doing it? Well, you see, but you're 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 creating a motive without without the, the fact that there's a guy there I generally already am who's a, that good. I generally am a person that does not ascribe motives. Right. But I think that if the his time of service issue would not be a problem, then he would be on the opening day roster because he's played well no, enough to have I, a spot. I, I disagree because playing well enough to have a spot means that he's going to be up here but have no place to play regularly. So why would you not put him somewhere where he can play regularly and continue to develop those skills? Because, again, people don't realize that going from double-A to the major leagues, and he did play a little bit in triple-A, but going double-A is a fastball league. Okay, 
lots of home runs. Triple A is where a lot of older veteran pitchers after their major league career end up back in triple A. And and they throw a lot of junk. And that's where you learn to hit the junk. So because if you get up here and you don't know how to hit it, you're gonna look like Cousins does, which is he'll just you swing through your shoes. Or like Franco does, by the way. And Franco did spend some time in triple A. If the fill if if you're saying to me he's got he's got a position to play every day, then bring him up. More power to it. I actually think that maybe the answer to this is get rid of Franco and bring Kingery up and put him at third. Where are they going to get rid of Franco, though? Why are they going to get Where? rid of I don't know. I, I, ju- I just don't. Look, I liked Franco a couple years ago. The problem is, is Franco, you, you know how well he's going to play by his first swing in his first at bat. Because when he swings and that helmet comes off of his head, you just throw up your hands and go, that's it. He, so you don't he, think that, that a new coaching staff can help with that or work on that? Like, well, do you have patience you have to see him through to the all-star break and, and see whether some of the things they're trying with him are sticking, he's in better condition? Here's, here's what I know from the people I've talked to in the Phillies organization. There are people in the Phillies organization that love him who are afraid to get rid of him because they think that the potential is there and he's going to realize it at some point. I guess I'm not patient enough when I see that there is a guy in the minors who can play every day who has seems to have all the tools. That I mean, he really do, you don't want to compare people to to legends like Chase Utley, but he appears to have all of those tools, all of that mentality, and all of that work ethic. So you'd rather keep Cesar and move Franco yes. and put Kingray at third? Yeah. We saw uh, the coach put out a lineup today that's probably going to be what is your opening day lineup. What did, what did you see out of that? Well, they, they scored four runs out of it. Uh, Cesar started with a double, um, and Hoskins got a double and and drove in and run, and I think that's what you're going to see. You're going to see them start to move the bases. I think Caesar's going to start stealing some more bases if he gets comfortable with it, and I think that lineup will do well. Well, we're going to put the baseball talk on <clears throat> on hold for a minute. Is it basketball time? We got Brad Ellington on the line. Brad, how are you doing today? Brad, you there? Um, Elton, you there? My producer's okay. got a di- little dyslexia back there, the way that he wrote it's it in. Okay. We'll, we'll be mean, talking to him. Brad is a good guy. I, I said to him, I was like, for real? Did you really just do this? Yeah, he did. Uh, don't worry about it. How are you doing like, today, Elton? Wait, wait, wait. Elton, I have to apologize here. Did you really write Brad Ellington? Yeah, he did. Oh. And we'll talk about it after the show. Believe me. But while we have Elton Brand on the line, we won't, we won't deal with the fact that uh, our producer can't type for anything and <laughs> apparently can't listen either. That's really bad spell check. It, it is really bad. <laughs> and it's not, Elton, it's not like we didn't tell him how to spell your name before you were coming on, too. So uh, he's going to try. He, he's going to try and jump on and defend himself now. I did have it written down. Uh, apparently, oh, you couldn't no, read your we'll own writing. We'll go viral. Don't worry about it. We'll go viral. I <laughs> get on Brad. I get on John. I get it all. You answer to it. anything these days, right? <laughs> well, we are thrilled to have you on. Uh, you are now the general manager of the '87ers. Uh, welcome to the show. 
tell us what it's been like uh, joining the organization from from that side as a GM and and what that experience has been for you. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a whirlwind. You know, as an athlete, as a professional player for 17 years, even at the collegiate level, three four hours a day that was a great workout. That was uh, nutrition. That was extra cardio, extra shots. You know, taking care of your body. That's all it took. Three four hours a day maybe five, and that's including travel. Now, you know, you leave after five hours, they're looking at you like, where are you going? Yeah, now you've you <laughs> got a job. You, like, it's like, corporate. <laughs> yeah, you used to think it was a job. You went there. Now they got to keep you longer, and if you're leaving, they're like, oh, where are you going? What are, what are, you, true. What are you doing? Uh, true story. So how's it been? You know, the G League is a fascinating thing to me. It looks like the NBA really wants to invest in it and expand it. Uh what is, for you, what's the synergy between the G League team and the pro teams and the potential for growth as this league goes forward? You know, um, so that was one of the main things when I transitioned from a player to the front office. I wanted to have a relationship with the Sixers. Um, when I'm watching teams, Toronto does a great job of it. They're number one in the East right now. You know, Spurs. They're doing well in the G League. They're doing okay, you know, but they've been a mainstay um, at the elite level in the NBA for years. When the guys aren't playing on the NBA level, they're not just sitting on the bench. They're down in the G League going through repetition, playing against elite talent, and then they're right back up. So if you think about it, there's 12, 14 guys that are on the team that are not injured. Only 10 guys can play. So these guys aren't even practicing. So for development – it's, it it bodes well for them to get better. So you get out on the court and work on development a little bit <laughs> with them too. Get your practice uh, in. No, no, I got the suit and tie on now. I'm straight corporate man. I went out there one time to talk about defense, but that was it. Nope. <laughs> in the in the suit and tie, you you were out there doing it. You were like, yeah, that's right, I can do this. So oh yeah, I had the loafers on. Yeah, I was. <laughs> yep. So so uh, Elton. We've heard that with the with your G League team that it, they're not sitting on their laurels down in Newark, and that that, that next year you're actually going to have a brand spanking new facility. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's going to be huge. The 76ers Field House. It's it's a 140,000 foot square uh, square foot facility. Uh, it's going to be multi-sport though. It's going to have soccer fields, volleyball, of course, basketball. It's really for youth training in the community, so we're hoping it's uh, you know a beacon for the kids in the area. And you, and you think it's gonna help to have it in a, a bigger city like Wilmington? Yeah, I mean it's important to the development of Delaware and the city of Wilmington right now. Um, you know, it's by the riverfront, so that whole revitalization of that area down there that's growing and it's looking great. So to add to that, uh, it's a big piece of that. We like to talk on the show a lot about the impact of sports and society, and, and this is kind of a great opportunity because with the Youth Training Center around the G League team, they get to see these professionals that they're aspiring to be. Can you talk about what it's like to be so involved with the community on that level and partner with them for projects like this? Yeah, you know, the mayor's involved, Mayor Mike, he's involved, um, you know, governor. Um, it, it's it's just a special time, special feeling, because we know that, uh, you know, certain areas could use some help. So when you can use sports as a conduit to give youth, give kids, you know, opportunities to do something else, um, you know, it, it really helps. It really helps. So, you know, I'm proud of that fact. Of course, we're getting a new, great new facility and that attract free agents and other guys that want to play with us. 
but just that the the youth can use the training, the kids can use the training center, uh, and then to be in the community. That's just as important. So, so Elton, you meant you mentioned that it gives uh, the 87ers gives a chance for guys to not just sit on the bench and they get practice time. Well, at the beginning of the season, we saw Ferk and Korkmaz uh, do it doing. <laughs> Doing back and forth to the 87ers and the Sixers on a daily basis was do, does that help him to be able to play in both places so that he gets to play down there and then come up and kind of see what it's like to be on the big team? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, he was being shuffled back and forth so much because he wanted to. He'd play in a game um, with the Sixers, or he'd be on the bench <laughs> at a game in the Sixers because he wasn't playing. And he's like, look, I want to go with the 87ers because I was playing 30-plus minutes a game. He, he loves basketball. And also he comes from Europe, so they have different divisions over there. So it's kind of like he knows his turn will come with the Sixers, just like overseas if you play at the A level or B level um, and whatnot. So he, I think it does help his, uh, his growth. Is, and help them progress sooner. Is the goal of the G League to compete with some of those overseas leagues as a as a feeder to the NBA to give another option to college athletes? What's the ultimate goal of of your team and the league as a whole? Yeah, so that's that's what we're trying to uh, you know clarify here because we lost three players. We lost one, uh, Skip Booker, to. Uh, a powerful overseas team, a- ACB in Spain. They paid him a lot of money that we couldn't compete with. Uh, we lost, of course, Emeka Okafor, you know, 30-plus-year veteran, 30-plus-year-old um, veteran that came back after injuries, and he played with us, and now he's with New Orleans, got two 10-days played for the regular season. James Webb, young player. Brooklyn took him from us, but we still have our fan base. We still have our fans that have ties to these players. Um, the money you know that we don't we don't offer big contracts so we can, we can't compete with the teams in Asia or the teams in Europe so right now i think it's developing the talent of the big team and you know just putting up a great family experience for everyone in the community that they can call home and come enjoy a great night out. It does look like there are conversations about sort of expanding that. So maybe there is compensation that can start to compete, that there is another option rather than the one and done in school. Um, Is that where you see it heading or is that more of a longer term projection as you serve as a feeder to have talent come to the big squad and develop further? Um, I think that's where it could go. You know, they told me you wouldn't ask about that, but oh, sorry, you're doing, no, I'm, joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But so you know, I got your name I wrong, think... and I'm asking you things I'm not supposed to. <laughs> Boy, you're never coming back to talk to me again. Never, never, no, I'll, never. I'll, I'll, but but I'll, uh, I, I think that's where it's going. You know, I think that's where it's going. It's going to be a, a viable option for sure um, to get the younger guys ingrained into a professional lifestyle. Uh, we'll step it up with the development. They they're here. You know, if you could make a comparable salary, why would you go somewhere else when you could stay in the U.S. and be seen by the scouts and be seen by these bigger teams? So, so Elton, you spent two stints with the Sixers. The second stint, I think, in 2015-2016 season, and 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 you played with a, a lot of young players. What did you see as your role there, and and what did you see of that young group as opposed to where they've where they've come to today? Yeah, no, it was uh, that second stint. They literally called me off the couch. I was on the couch, and I got a phone call. <laughs> I was with my kids. Like, I'm watching. With some, the loafers? 
Yeah, no, no, no socks, shoes off, feet out. I'm relaxing. Like, I'm retired. And it called me to kind of be a a mentor to some of the younger guys. It wasn't even, hey, come play yet. And then they had the idea um, that you could affect change and help put us in the right direction in the locker room. And I was like, okay, let me think about it, and uh, eventually came back. So, you know, I was there with Joel Embiid, was trying to get back from his first from his injury, and really play his first season. Like I was the, <laughs> I was the 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 punching bag. I was the the test dummy. He'd watch Shaq and do some moves and come practice them on me. Uh, ben Simmons, I was there uh, before he hurt his foot coming into his you know first rookie year. So. You know, just to see the strides that these guys have made, these young players have made, and just the sacrifice and how hard they work. I, I saw them work, so for them to be at this level and only going to get better, it's it's just a good time. Well, it, it seems to me, that especially with the young teams in the NBA, because players are, are coming in so young now, that having veterans to explain how what it's like to be in the league, what it's like you know, to kind of grow up and go through the process and learn how to be a professional. Yeah, exactly. To have somebody like that, it like you, seems to be something that every team should be doing a little more of these days. Uh, what did you see as far as the things that you were able to help with off the court? Uh, absolutely. You know, the 15th player, 15th man, you're not going to play. You're not going to play. So why not get a veteran in there that knows off the court? They know about you know, how there's media traps, social media traps. Um, you know, they know about women. They know about exercise. They know about water intake, yoga, you know, just anything that can happen, financial situations. They've been there, done that. Like, that's who I was. So they could come to me and talk to me about anything. So, um, you know, I think that 15 spots should be utilized more for, for the veteran players. Jeff may call you with some questions after this. did. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, ask you any ask you for any advice regarding his Twitter account. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we were talking first uh, during the original Rihanna stuff, so I was trying to give him some clues. I'm like, man, there you go. You were giving him some tips. Good. So yeah, exactly. You know, you talk about the role of mentor. I mean, I, you know, uh, number one pick played. Uh, you know, or star at Duke. You star in the NBA. What is the the main lesson that you give to the the young players that are coming up, to the the youth that are at this complex? Um, again, we like to talk about the lessons that people can take away from the game. What do you try and impart on people that you've learned along the way that you wish you would have known when you started? Um, you know, I think the main one of the main things I've learned is, you know, you don't get too highs with the highs, you don't get too lows with the lows. You know, you just try to stay even. Um, you know, be thankful for your opportunity and, and work and put in the work. You know, that's in life, that's on the court, that's off the court. Just put in the work to be the best you can be. So that's the best. You know, right now I'm I'm a husband and, you know, and I'm a GM and I'm a father. So I'm putting in the work to be the best at that that I can be. Um, as a pro athlete, as a young pro athlete, you have to do the same things. And uh, there's going to be pitfalls, there's going to be, you know, you're going to make mistakes. It's going to feel like, oh, I'm not worthy or I'm going to get cut or I'm not good enough feelings, but you can move on. And there's going to be highs. You might win rookie of the year. You might win, um, you know, a playoff series. You might be All-NBA. You might win a championship. But then there's also next season that you have to worry about. You have to make sure you just stay grounded and keep plugging along. So we we did have – we were a little worried about whether you were going to make the show today because uh, – 
Duke is playing. Luckily, they're, <laughs> luckily they're playing at nine thirty tonight against uh, um, a little-known team called North Carolina. Must, must be exciting times for you as a as a Duke fan. What's it like with that rivalry? I mean, we watch it on TV. What's that like? Oh no, it's 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 fierce. You know, I grew up in Peekskill, New York, outside of uh, in Westchester County. And I didn't know about it. I was a Big East fan because that's what my brother watched. But when I got down there, it was pure bedlam. There was people camping out for tickets. They broke into Coach K's office. Someone from Duke stole <laughs> Michael Jordan's jersey. Like, it was it's just, it's just a <laughs> See, these just, are the stories that we don't get to hear enough of. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's just wild. I heard the Cameron Crazies. And it was just a special time. Like, you feel the energy. You feel that that challenge you feel that rivalry yeah it's it's amazing there's nothing like it what's it like to play for coach guy i mean as a 18 year old it's it's kind of intimidating you know he's a you know he has the the um the west point background and he's he's a he's a tough guy to you know he wants to push you you know he definitely pushes you but he teaches family, he teaches brotherhood, and, you know, many life lessons I learned from him. So now we're friends. You know, I'm about to be 40 years old, um, but he, he's a great mentor, a great person, great friend. So I, I just love my time with him. But he will challenge you to push you to where he feels you can be, regardless of a win or a loss. You know, it's bigger than that. He wants to get the best out of you as a person and as a ball player. All right. Well, before before we let you go, we have a feeling who you're going to pick for for NCAA champion, but what, 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 yeah, he's the, not going with Duke. I got questions. What's the, what's the early Elton brand final for? Um, I don't know. You know, actually I don't do a bracket. I don't get, I don't even smart man. I because was, Mine's busted yeah. the first weekend anyway. <laughs> so you just get like frustrated and, and like, uh, I'm one of those where I'll only do one. I don't do like five yeah. different ones. And I'm like, I'm good in this one. I'm good at this <laughs> one. No, I always, I always do two. I do, I do one that's like my, my real stuff. And then the other one, I'm a Michigan grad. So Michigan always wins in the other bracket. <laughs> I did that too. I used to do that. I had one with Duke and then one with, uh, another one with Duke. So. Well, we, we wish <laughs> you the, the best of luck going forward with the 87ers as you build it. Uh, we, can't wait to go check out the new facility as that opens and uh we hope you'll join us again where uh, i will make sure no that my way. producer tells me that you're actually on the phone so no way no i'm never coming back never man. coming back get again. my name till you get my name no, yeah nev never no coming problem. back that, <laughs> thanks so much we appreciate wish you guys the best of luck with everything thanks a lot elton thanks have a great no one okay hey brett what are you doing to us I, I mean seriously could you make us look any more amateur hour is that possible? Oh, come on, let's. You need to defense. start publicly flogging. Uh, are yourself. we? Yeah. Are we get? Are we getting a public apology? Yes. There's no My defense. Apologies for uh, being really nervous and typing down the wrong name. I thought. I thought it because it was two minutes. Or, see, usually guests call late. Elton actually called early, which shows you he's he was with Coach K, and, and he's a smart dude and here guy. I feel like and he's idiot. early, so you're sitting there waving at me, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh no." So we have a caller who's going to need to come on before Elton. And so I'm expecting on Brand, and I'm ready to put him on, and I see Brett type up Brad. Brad Ellerton. And it's like... <laughs> I have I have it right here, too, and I just forgot the Which end. makes it that much worse. Yeah. So, so, what so, makes it worse is that you actually read my thing. 
I did. Yeah. Out loud. Isn't you that? Just, you should have just looked at him like, yeah, Brett messed up. And you, just you know what? It's it's like it's like if you ever saw Anchorman. <laughs> All right. From now <laughs> you know? from now on, the default is Brett messed up. No. From now <laughs> yes. on, apparently the screen's coming in front of me because I think I would have caught that one. I don't know if you would have. Uh, I take the public apology. But you know, <laughs> if, if the 87ers people and if Elton's still watching, we knew who he was. We put it up that he was coming on the show. We just thought that this was a caller who was about to mess up our interview with Elton Brand. Boy, way to make us look <laughs> bad there, Brett. Thanks. Appreciate that. Sorry. Jeff, why don't we take a break where we regroup. When we come back, we'll talk a little flyers and a little bit else that's going on. Sure. Stick with us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on your walls, doors, windows, or sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. What's more, just three granules of lead dust from old paint can poison your child. If your house was built before 1978 and you have kids six years old or younger or are pregnant, it's very important to know what to do. There are simple steps you can take to make your kids lead-free kids. Log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD for more information. A message from the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, the EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen. No, I'm Colin uh, Jefferson. Yeah, we're never going to let Brett uh, come up with names ever, ever again. Um, he's going to have the Flyers. What, what is he going to call them? We're going to have to have Brettisms I, I from now on. That was, I'm just going to leave know. it blank. That was brutal, man. I mean, I'm Yo, trying. You guys made me nervous. Have you seen me? I am the least intimidating no, person. You no, you do. I told you, you grit. Nah, <laughs> I'm not intimidating. You looked right at me like, is it him? And I'm just like typing up real quick. I was just trying to make sure that we had it right. And then you, you had me saying the wrong thing. If there's thing. anybody named Brad Ellerton out there listening. <laughs> call in. Call in, please. please. <laughs> make, make it better for me. All right, let's move to the Flyers because when we last talked, they were playing well, Jeff. And now they've lost five in a row. <laughs> <laughs> February was the best month for Philadelphia in March. Not so, quite. Not so much. Not quite happening. The Flyers have not won this month. I think they're 0-4-1. Um, Last night was a heartbreaker. Marchand <sighs> scores the goal with 22 seconds left. Yeah. Alex Lyon actually did not play poorly. No, I don't think he did. I um, think he's starting to play like an NHL goalie. I'm not saying he's top you know, top of the line goalie, but he's he's holding his own. You know, Mrazic played well in the first couple games, kind of got lit up the last couple uh, Here, a lot of defensive breakdowns. Well, he, here's one of my, at least one of my pet peeves with Hextall is that he tends to ride a goalie too long. Mrazek was playing too many games. They should have had Lyon in there a couple times. And even, even when Elliott was on that role, he just played him game after game after game with no break. And it just doesn't make sense in today's NHL. You just don't see goalies that are playing... 70 out of 82 games. I, I look, and it doesn't look like Elliott's coming back or uh, Neuvers coming back before the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to make it, that's what you're going with. Yeah, unless Anthony Stolar somehow 
is ready. So they've now lost five in a row. They're at 34 and 23 in third place in the Metropolitan. Yeah, but keep in mind, they're only three points out of first place with the Penguins and two points behind the Capitals. So it, the way it works with this with this goofy playoff thing, it's the top three from each division and two um, you're like an old cards. school division thing, aren't you? Yeah. So you're gonna hate it when the NBA gets rid of like seating based on conferences and everything, aren't you? Yes, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, anything new you don't like. No, I like I like the whole. D- like Look, when my mom goes around the supermarket, me- if if they put new on a package, she's gonna get it. Are you the guy that sees new and you're like, nah, forget that. Nope, not getting it. You're <laughs> not, right. Not gonna do it. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> don't change the don't change the formula of ketchup or anything else. I don't I don't want to hear it. So the road ahead for them doesn't get any easier. They've got yeah. Winnipeg tomorrow at 12.30. Then they play Vegas and Columbus. And Vegas has been one of the surprises all season. Right. So, you know, they don't, they're not getting much of an easy road ahead of them. No, but I, th- I think they're in good position to make the playoffs. And, th- and that's what you want to see out of this team. They're, they still got a lot of young players. They got a lot of guys coming up. This wasn't a year that you were going to expect a Stanley Cup. And, and, and I'm kind of happy that they didn't trade away the future for this one season. Can we talk a little bit of NFL player safety No. Uh, before we get off the air? Yeah, sure. We, we got a couple minutes uh, uh-huh. left. Uh, the NFL head, neck, and spine committee held their meeting about two weeks ago. Um, there was a 16% rise in concussions in 2017 in the league. And we talked a lot about that with Dr. Bennett Amalu on the show who discovered CTE. Um, there were 291 diagnosed concussions in 2017, up from 250 in 2016, and 9% of the players suffered concussions, 73% rise during training camp. What does the NFL do about this? I don't, I look, I worry about concussions. I, I know I have friends who are players who have CT, it, but I don't read too much into this study because it's more prevalent, one, that players are coming forward with, with it, and I think, second, that it's being diagnosed more. It doesn't mean that there is more prevalence in 2017. That was sort of my question. Is this yeah. more self-reporting and in just an increased awareness and focus on it? No. That we're seeing, yeah. yes. uh, we're seeing the actual numbers that were there all along mm-hmm. because there's, there's more reporting of it? That's what I think it is. I, I do not think that, that we're having more concussions. I think that we're having more reporting of concussions. I think that we're more... And I think players are not as reticent to go, come forward and say they have a concussion. I mean, you know, ten years ago, if a player came forward and said he had a concussion, he'd be he'd be worried that his teammates would would kind of look at him askance. Uh, that's not the case anymore. No, now and, they look out for each other. Right, and, and and it's trickling down. I mean, look, the the thing that you have to do is that you have to stop it at younger ages. You have to start the prevention at younger ages, and you see now. Illinois is considering a law that under the age of 12, no no tackle football. California is considering they, a similar they law. They call it the Dave Dewerson Act. Yeah. I, I mean, what does the NFL do if, if states are starting to go in this direction? See, it, I think it's actually a smart move because, because for the NFL and the future of football, you can, there are flag football leagues. So why in the world is... is Kids don't. It's not like a lot of other sports. You don't have to play football from the time you're six to be. There's no correlation between playing that young and then making it to the NFL. In fact, with with, with some players now, like tight ends, a lot of them are coming from the basketball world much later on. So you don't you don't need them to be playing tackle 
at seven, eight, nine years old. So why not preserve the brain while it's in its developmental stages, which is what Dr. Amalo said. Why not just play flag football until you're 12, 13, 14 years old? And then learn how to tackle correctly. This is a conversation that is not going away. Mm -hmm. There will continue to be discussions about what to do to appropriately appropriately protect people. Uh, I'm going to jump around one more time before we go. We got three minutes left. You were at the garden last Sunday. I was. You were uh, there yeah, with your son, happy. right? Uh huh. And a friend of mine yeah. from college, and his son, and his dad, and it was. Uh, you guys were cheering on Michigan. Michigan won the Big Ten championship, and people are probably going, "Well, why was it last weekend?" Well, the Big Ten decided they wanted to play in Madison Square Garden, and the garden was already being Which used. Which looked weird to me, by the way. I it mean, is I'm just weird. Used to look, the Big East being at the garden. Look, as as a guy who lives on the East Coast, and as a as a as a Big Ten grad. Uh, it was great to see the game, but uh, I'm playing Indian but in Chicago. I, no, but see, as far as I'm concerned, Big Ten championship belongs in Chicago, Indianapolis, Detroit, Milwaukee. It doesn't belong in Washington D.C. or New York. It belongs with Rutgers as the home team. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Rutgers won a game. I know, I saw that. How and shocking then, was then, that? And then they lost. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't get too excited when Rutgers wins anymore. It's it's not. Something that I, that yeah. I worry too much but about. Are you going to be watching a lot this weekend? For Rutgers? No. They're no. Be playing. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'll watch. Tournament weekend? I'll watch everything. Uh, I, Temple's on tonight late against Wichita State. Villanova's um, on at Villanova's 9. Villanova's on at 9 tonight. Um, I, you know, I... I'll wa- you know I'll watch anything. This is, this I stay is up so late great. and watch the WAC tournament mm-hmm. semifinals and the Pac-10 you know, games that they play. So I'll watch it all. Though I got to be honest, I'm not a fan of the way that they're doing the bracket announcements this year. Why? What are they doing that's different? Because they're going to release the names of all the teams in the tournament at the right at the very start, and then they're going to tell you where they're bracketed. So you don't get down to, like, the last bracket to find out whether a team's going to make the field or not. You already know that they're in. So the suspense of are you in or not isn't going to be there. It's more where are you playing and who well, are you playing. For for the kids that are sitting on those chairs waiting, it I think that's a good thing. And by the way, that show was drawn so far out. I mean, they had it what up to two hours. Come on, gotta Just sell, tell us. gotta pay the bills somehow. Uh huh. Um, that that you're okay with dragging out with the low attention spans, right? Well, no, I flipped, this I solves the, the problem I that you were the talking channel about, so that I don't have to watch the commercials. <laughs> We've been through this. I go to the other show that's on that isn't at commercial. Watch them reveal another bracket, and then I flip back so I don't oh. watch the commercial. See, because I have that low attention span. Yes, I. You know, it's like it's like what you get when you're working with me. <laughs> Last thoughts: Who? Michigan will not. Well, Michigan will not play this weekend. They're uh, in now. What are you watching? I'm watching all this college basketball. I'll still watch the Sixers. I'm still watching the Flyers, and I'll watch as much Phillies as they'll put on television. All right. Well, we'll be watching it all. Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night. Help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye.